Well, this morning we continue to read our way through um, the book of Acts. And uh, we're um, up to Acts chapter 8 to the uh, second half of that, um, that chapter, um, beginning in verse 26, which in a moment or two, Emmanuel is going to read for us. But this is how the gospel just keeps on breaking new ground from Jerusalem this time to Africa. Whatever, I don't know, but whatever life was like for the early church, you've got to admit it must never have been boring. Every new activity brought new challenges. And as situations developed every time, they were left confronted with, well, what do we do here and what do we do now? And I suppose when Luke is writing his account of the early church, um, there's lots of uh, not really quite clear exactly uh, who Luke was writing for. When he begins the, the book, he says, I'm writing to a person called Theophilus, which means the lover of God. And that's made some people think, well, maybe it's not a, an actual person, but it's kind of a type of person. For other people, it feels like maybe he's writing almost a Paul's defense um, that he will use in Jerusalem. But of course, whoever his original readers were, the church for 2000 years has kept coming back to read the book of Acts. And as we've read it, I guess every time the challenge is, do you want to be part of this adventure? I guess the temptation is always that the gospel and life with God settles and it becomes smaller than it might ever have been designed to be. Your life is so valuable to God and his purpose for you is so great and his purpose for the world is so great that actually we're left reading the book of Acts going, how do we fit in? What's what might that look like for us in our ordinary life, in the 21st century, in lockdown and just out of it? How do we fit in? There's two basic questions that I think lots of us asked lots of times, actually. Certainly, there are two questions that I kind of hear as being a, when I'm a, in my pastor role. I hear time and time again people asking, what does God want me to do? <coughs> what should I do? What does God one of me how can i serve him and how can i serve him well and the second question is often much more poignant it's do i fit do i fit in here do i fit into the church do i fit into what god's doing do i fit am i okay and these two basic questions are really addressed in the passage that emmanuel's just going to read so, Emmanuel, if you're ready, do you want to read that passage for us and we'll follow it here on screen? Thank you. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch and of, an important official in the charge of all the treasury of the Kandake which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way was sitting in his chariot and reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. 
Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Enoch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before a sharer is silent, and so did he not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendant? For his life was taken from the earth. They did not ask Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and he did not ask, said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and Enoch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and Enoch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azontos and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. That's brilliant. Thank you, Emmanuel. That's fantastic. Before we get to those two basic questions we asked that I think this passage really does address, there's one simple truth that I keep needing to come back to in my own life, and I think it's helpful for all of us every, almost every day to keep coming back to, and it's the simple truth there's a bigger picture happening that's being created, that's being put together, than you might see. Your life is part of a bigger picture and it's God's picture. And the book of Acts really helps us see that. It helps us see that actually piece by piece, God is doing something that truth be known, nobody expected. God was doing something for the sake of the whole world. Here, God's getting the attention of foreign Jew. And that message is going to go from Jerusalem through to, well, in our Bibles it says Ethiopia, and that's how it was known at the time. But actually, it's really the area of Sudan. It's much bigger than just than the, the sort of the, the contemporary uh, nation of Ethiopia. It's actually that huge area of Sudan. And this man who'd gone to Jerusalem to worship, God was getting his attention because God had a desire for what we would call Africa. This guy who was an outsider, who was a foreigner, black guy, gone to Jerusalem, but now he's going home and he's going home and God wants to get his attention because God has a purpose for the empire at that time, of Sudan, of what the Bible calls Ethiopia, that much bigger area. It's kind of interesting. 
I mean, it's sort of incidental, but I was interested when I came across this. He, this guy is the Ethiopian eunuch. We'll come to that in a moment. But he's an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. And I did a little bit of digging around to find out what is this, this Kandaki, this queen of the Ethiopians. And the truth was, there was a very rich empire there in Sudan, Ethiopia, the bit you can see on the globe. It had been going for about a thousand years. It was, it was rich because it was um, it had been made rich by trade. And it was ruled by women. For the last 350 years, it had been ruled by queens, not kings. It's kind of intriguing. And this is the man who's at the heart of the royal house, who's going to be met by God. It's hard, isn't it, to, to see yourself in that way. But the truth is that God's picture is still bigger than yours. Some days it feels like, can we just get by? Can we just make sense of our own life? But actually God's doing something for the sake of his own whole world. In Acts 8, the way he does that is by taking the lives of two men. The first man is Philip. Philip, we uh, read about last week, Philip had been in Samaria in this big revival, loads of things happening, exciting things, signs and wonders happening. Jesus being spoken about and a city being changed. And Philip is involved in all that's going to happen next. But for Philip to be involved in the life with the Ethiopian, Philip has to let go of all that's just been happening. He's been involved in this brilliant city revival. But the angel of the Lord says to Philip, you got to leave. Sometimes when you want to be used by God, when you pray those dangerous prayers, prayers, God, use me, then actually what it feels like initially is I'm losing everything that I had. Sometimes it feels like I have to let go. And it only makes sense when you look back, but at the time it can feel really uncertain. I think that's the truth that some of you have been living in at the moment. So when lockdown happens and everything felt like it became smaller, you lost some of the things that you were doing. For some of you, you lost some of the things that you were doing in church. And it wasn't that you had massively, necessarily massively upfront things that you were doing, but actually you missed and you lost the incidental, the conversations where you knew you could get alongside people and really help people. Maybe you, you miss playing as part of the band. Maybe you miss serving people. Maybe you just miss feeling useful as part of church. And you ask, well, how do I make sense of this? But actually the truth is, sometimes you've got to let go of some things in order that some things become new. It might be the same at work. At work, your work situation might have changed so much and you feel like you've lost, but actually it's only in the losing that you pick new stuff up. In the family situation, 
those awkward times where actually you feel the family no longer need me now. They can get on fine without me. It's like you lose something before God can do something new. Philip, before he could, in a sense, know what God had for him next, had to be obedient to all that he'd lost. But then he found that the spirit would lead him step by step. Verse 26, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road. So he started out. And verse 29, the spirit told Philip. It's kind of intriguing why Luke uses two languages for the same experience. The angel of the Lord, oh, wouldn't you like to know more? What was that angel of the Lord? What form did it take? Was it an interior nudge? Or did someone come up to you and appear in human form and tell you, you need to leave, you need to go to the desert road? It, we're not told, but the point is, and it's here and it's all the way through Acts, that the way God deals with his people is the spirit leads you. God gets your attention and tells you what to do, but he doesn't give you the full picture. Look at what happened. Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, that's hundreds of miles. And that's the first thing. So he starts out. Just go south to the road, to the desert road. And anybody listening in would go, why are you going there? Just that's what I've been told. That's the next part of the journey. I don't know what it's all going to look like. I just need to know. I, I need to go to the desert road. I'm going there. So he starts out and on his way, he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. And the spirit tells Philip, go to that chariot. <laughs> Stay near it. You can see Philip running alongside the chariot and just, just staying. It's the second part the spirit tells him. And the Philip runs to the chariot and hears the man reading. It's kind of like this is how God leads Philip, step by step by step. He doesn't get the full picture. He's not told in Samaria, I want you to go and meet the Ethiopian eunuch, who's a really quite important official in the court of the Queen Kindaki in Ethiopia. No, 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 no. It's just go to the desert road. See that chariot? Go near it and listen. A man finds faith because one man is obedient. Go, stand, listen and ask. My experience with God is that that's how it feels. I don't know that God normally gives us the full picture of anything. In a sense, we don't need it. What we do is we do the next thing that's in front of us. And as we're obedient to the next step, then the next step opens up. It's kind of like, you only need to know this bit. Go to the desert road. And then you'll know what to do, because I'll tell you. And that promise that the Lord gives, that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Certainly comes up when you're trying to discover what does God want me to do with this one beautiful life that I have? Step by step. You don't know the next five years. You don't know the next 10 years. What you know is today. Do what God's asked you to do today. Be open to him today. And as you're obedient today, then the next part of the story will unravel. You don't need to know everything you need to know today. 
and he meets this guy, this unnamed guy. And anybody who was reading the book of Luke, uh, book of Acts the first time round would be surprised. Now, at this point, the gospel hasn't leapt over the barrier of Jew Greek or Jew Gentile. This is still a, a Jewish man. He's a proselyte. He's someone who's come into the faith. He's a foreigner, but he's accepted the Jewish faith and he's been to Jerusalem to worship. But actually, there's some things about this man that would have made him feel uncomfortable and others certainly would have felt uncomfortable. He's Ethiopian. He's culturally different. He's got his own language. He doesn't speak the language of Jerusalem. He certainly would have had an accent. And when people were listening to him, even if he spoke um, Latin, Greek or Hebrew, they would have had to tune into him. Some of you know that when you're listening to someone with a different accent, you've got to concentrate because actually they speak fast and they not, are not always clear. And you've got to concentrate. But you do if you love them, if the person comes from Scotland and they speak in a really strong accent, you've got to concentrate. And so his accent would have marked him out. He would have looked differently. He was black and he would have stood out. People would have noticed you're different than the rest of the folks in Jerusalem. And then finally, he's a eunuch. He's sexually ambiguous. He's been castrated in order that he might serve in a royal household, but he's sexually ambiguous. And then finally, he is a court official in a court that every other Jew would have said, that's not a, that's a pagan place. It wouldn't have been hard to feel if you were the Ethiopian eunuch, I'm not sure I fit. But listen to how Luke tells the story. Philip starts out on his way, he meets the Ethiopian eunuch, an important official. And as they travel along the road, they come to some water. And the eunuch says, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. This eunuch, this Ethiopian guy has been sitting in, the, in his uh, chariot and he's been reading the book of Isaiah. And he's been reading the passage in Isaiah 53 about this suffering servant who was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. And he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? And his life for his life was taken from the earth. And the guy's so confused as to who it is. He says, who's the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And Philip says, let me tell you who he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. And he begins with that passage of scripture. And he tells him the good news about Jesus. What would he tell him about Jesus? He would tell him that Jesus came to those who were the insiders and the outsiders. That Jesus would come for the rich and for the poor. That Jesus would come for those who were searching for the meaning of life. That Jesus would suffer 
and die on a cross that our sins would be forgiven and he would be raised from the dead. And he would tell the eunuch that actually Jesus came to call people to follow him. And that following would start by being baptized, that you would identify with Jesus. And so as they're traveling along, the guy goes, look, there's a pool. Can I get baptized? Do I fit? Am I okay? And Philip goes, there's no reason why you won't be included in the kingdom. He's still all that he is. Nothing about his outward um, position has changed. He's still an outsider, still black, still from Sudan, Ethiopia, still working in a pagan context, still a eunuch. But he's a follower of Jesus. Do I fit? As a follower of Jesus, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. You fit. You fit. Here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? Nothing. So the gospel breaks new ground from Jerusalem to Africa. It breaks new ground because God's got this big picture. It breaks new ground because people like Philip are ready to say, God, I'm willing to be obedient to you, even if it means I'm leaving behind the stuff that was really exciting and I'm going to a desert road. I'll go, God, because I want to be obedient to you. And it breaks new ground because people like the Ethiopian eunuch hear the good news of Jesus and it's for them. And so the gospel goes to Africa. This morning, I simply want to say. If you're uncertain. About whether the gospel is for you. I'd love to talk to you. If you're uncertain about what God wants to do for you next. I'd love to talk to you one on one. If you're uncertain about whether you should be baptised, I'd love to talk to you one on one. If you're uncertain about belonging, I'd love to talk to you one on one, because this story is not just about people feeling good. It's actually about how the gospel is proclaimed, how the kingdom ex ex uh, expands and how people like you and me are used. This is a story for now and this is a story for you and this is a God who's getting your attention because a whole number of new things are going to begin.